congratulations on this film coming out today. I feel like it's one of these films that by watching the trailer, you get a sense of what the intent was. You get a sense of the story. You kind of get a sense that it's a thriller, it's sci-fi. I mean, you've had you know a long working relationship with Daniel Espinoza, the director. So I, I just want to start off, how did you and Daniel first connect? What was that project or how did you guys cross paths? I mean, I met Daniel at film school like 20 years ago in Stockholm, Stockholm Film School. And uh, after that, yeah, I went on as a sound designer uh, in Sweden and Daniel kept on studying. He went to the Danish Film School, which is probably the, the best film school in Europe, I think. And then one day he called me, I mean, we stayed in contact, but one day he called me, it's like, yeah, isn't it time for you to come down and hang out in Copenhagen? And, uh, and then I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> And I went down and he was supposed to meet me at the central station. I was standing at the central station. He didn't show up and I called him again. He's like, yeah, 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 I'm at the film school. Uh, come and meet me there instead, it's much better. And then I came to the film school, waiting in the lobby for the film school. No, Daniel. And I called him again. It's like, yeah, yeah, just go up to the editing rooms. They <laughs> let you in. Yeah. Uh, and I came up to the editing room and he yeah, in the editing room it was pitch black. It was just one chair, Daniel standing there, and he was like, sit down, sit down. I want you to see this. And he showed me his graduation movie, and it was really good. Uh, and then uh, after that, he turned on the lights, and he looked at me, so, so, what do you think? <laughs> I really liked the movie, and I told him that, but I thought the music was kind of cheesy, and I told him that too. And, and then he was just looking at me and just said, yeah, that's the thing. I knew you were going to say that, and that's actually why you're here, and that's why you come in, because I want you to write the score for this one. <laughs> so, and, yeah. And I did that, and, and actually that started off everything. And I mean, uh, that's his graduation movie from the Danish film school went, I mean, it, yeah, it's got a lot of attention and also the score it was really like like glitchy minimalistic electronic music to like a serious drama which was kind of fun to do actually it's it's and since then we actually yeah we worked on all his projects except safe house which yeah. was his first movie here and and uh, which i kind of understand why they couldn't bring why he couldn't bring me on also because I don't think Universal was so keen on working with a uh, like the f first time Hollywood director <laughs> sure. and first time on a big Denzel movie, you know. So, so yeah. uh, but I mean, uh, but still, it opened up a lot of doors. I mean, we did uh, a movie which actually I think was our both our tickets to Hollywood was the movie Snabakash Easy Money in Sweden, mm -hmm. which became a huge success. And I think that was definitely Daniel's ticket to do movies in America, uh, which was a fantastic experience also to work on that movie. Which, yeah. yeah. What, what can you say about his aesthetic uh, uh, as a filmmaker visually and how he likes to think about sound and music? How, how does that complement your, your process and what you bring to the table? I mean, I have to say, um, I mean, um, among all the other directors I worked with, I think Daniel is the one that really has a sense of sound and music in everything he does. I mean, really. I, he, the thing is, which is so funny, he knows how to handle Pro Tools. He could really sit in front of a Pro Tools and show you, like, no, I wanted to start here, I want to go out here. And when you, when you change program, that pisses him off. 
because I, <laughs> I, I started off in Cubase or, or Pro Tools. I went to Logic and then I went to Cubase, which I'm working on now. And every time I change the program, it's like, are you doing this just to fuck with me? Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he really wants to be in control. And, you know, when you play MQs and stuff like that, he almost wants to sit in front of the computer and talk about, yeah, I thought about this sound here. Mm-hmm. That should start earlier. And this phrase here should start here. So he's really, uh, no, he has a really good, and he never takes notes. Mm. He can watch the whole movie and just go through it. Yeah. Uh, and have so many notes that he just keeps in his head. But he plays a lot of chess, so I think it has to do with that. And it's also, uh, no, he's just a great guy to work with, actually. It's really, because, I mean, we've been working so much, so now we know each other so well. And he knows what he can get from me, and he always presses, pushes me a little bit of extra. And, and uh, no, but he's really, he really knows the whole hand, like the craft of making movies. He knows everything from the camera yeah. to the sound, to the music, to the editing, which is, you know, makes my job so much easier also. And he's also very direct regarding notes when it comes to the music. It's not. I don't know if I like this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not those kind of things. Either he likes it or he doesn't. And he can really point out what it is he doesn't like if he doesn't like something. And say, like, this is bothering me. I don't like this. Can we take this away? Can I listen to it without it? Okay, this is so much better. And so on. You know, it's... So it makes my work <laughs> a lot more easier, actually, to have him. Something that I when I started digging into you and your background, it looks like you really enjoy synthesizers and electronic musical instruments. Tell me about uh, just how that started. I see you have a nice collection of synths and even an ARP 2600, which I feel is the essential instrument when it comes to science fiction. I mean, there's an incredible history with that synth, but uh, how did you start down this rabbit hole of buying and using synths? I mean, I think it has to... uh, I mean, it, it comes from the whole like mid '90s uh, techno <laughs> scene that really started in in Europe during that time. And I mean, it started earlier than that, but I think it's that's when I was a kind of eye opener for me. And you, you know, everybody wanted a TB three hundred three back then, and and uh, and a nine hundred nine. And I think those were the first things together with my brother, my bigger brother, and and. I mean, I think it started off there, and then, uh, then I was actually still living at my mom and dad's place. This was around. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I can't remember. I was like sixteen, seventeen, and uh, I remember we got our like first computer, home like home PC. It was uh, like a Pentium three or something. Like that. I mean, it was through my mom's work. Mm-hmm. We got it. It was this lease computer. Computer and, and, and they were like, you're not touching that computer. I would say the first thing that I did was actually go into town and, and, and buy like a really basic audio interface to that one. That was super expensive back then, but it was, yeah, now I would say it's really basic. And sort of like set up during nights and started producing electronic music for myself and recording into the computer. And uh, I mean, and as it is to always, you know, synths are expensive, so you had to save up and you saved a lot of money to, to buy them. And, and I started early collecting. And, and I mean, it's become much more easier the last couple of years when you actually 
make a living out of making music and, mm-hmm. and, and make more money, it's much easier to buy them. So, I mean, that's actually where I spend all my money <laughs> from. So. Well, even just yeah, even just looking at some of the specifics, like this uh, dope for A one hundred, and you know stuff. Yeah, even the older stuff, like the Tempest. Uh, yeah, like to me, I whenever I walk into a studio of a composer and I see that they have their hands in synths, it, it's kind of a question of how much money and how much time do I have to spend with these instruments. For you, when it came to even this movie life, there are elements of sense in this in in the compositions for you yeah. what was the balance because there's a nice handing off between like the very dramatic sustained sense but then you also have sweeping melodic you know strings and other and it sounds like guitars and other instrumentation yeah no but i i think we uh, i mean from the get-go we were really wanted to do uh, like uh uh, you know the, the kind of organic score with orchestra and yeah. start off with that and do the autonal stuff with orchestra and really uh, not to use the synths in the beginning I knew they were going to come in <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, that's, and also Daniel said that too I, you know you should bring them in and I said like yeah but let's start let's start completely organic and, and try to write for the orchestra and then that's going to be like the main part of it, but then we can fill it up with synths afterwards when we're starting to find our way what we want the sound to be, you know? And, and I think that was a really interesting approach, at least for me, because I usually just start with synths, you know? It's like, okay, let's have a baseline. Let's, yeah. let's see if we can find like a nice texture with synths. So this time we actually started the other way around and, 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 and actually f- focused a lot on getting a tonal orchestra stuff mm-hmm. to have that in the background all the time uh to rub you a little bit in the other way i mean not in the nice way you can kind of rub you in the wrong way and and to give a little bit of uncertainty to, to the whole sound and, and be a little bit of yeah dissonant all the time and 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 i think and i mean afterwards we we started when we started to find ourselves what we were after, I, I started to bring in the synths. And there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, Yamaha CS80. There's a lot of ARP 2600. Um, I have an old Italian poly analog synth, which I really love because the chorus is so noisy. It's like this ensemble button. It's just like... As soon as you just push in that button, magic happens, and the noise level of the output is just, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so dirty. And and we use that for a lot of like atonal and dissonant stuff to double up the orchestra with. Actually, uh, that became a, like a really nice texture layer to the orchestra. And, and even just the opening track, um, this one, "Welcome to the ISS." Yeah. What was you set a tone. I mean, just how the film opens, and for people who haven't seen the film, it's a crew that's on this ISS, and their job is to take this sample from Mars and see what's going on with it. I mean, yeah. and from there, it, it obviously, it, you know, you can imagine what happens. But what what was the setup? Because as an audience, you, you know, going in, what type of film this is. It's not, you know, this isn't like a, a happy-go-lucky buddy film. So. No. What what was the approach for just the initial track, which which I love? 
Uh, I mean, the initial track, I mean, we really, it, I mean, we actually, we wanted to try to do something that wasn't maybe too much telling. I mean, to say that it's not a happy-go-lucky film you're going to see here. I mean, but still have <laughs> yeah. the kind of uh, exploring nature to it. That you wanted to start like, yeah, the grand grandness of space. Keep it minimal and the kind of like, oh, we're going to explore something here. And I think we wanted to actually to keep that in the first two reels in, mm -hmm. in, uh, in the movie. I mean, the, the first 25 minutes of the movie, I think we really wanted to not be as dissonant and maybe atonal, which, which is happening later, to be more a little bit more melodic, a little bit more cinematic and... and and yeah, be a little bit more beautiful instead of doing like, okay, now it's a horror movie you're going to see here. But just to give a little bit of hint of that. Yeah, I mean, we really wanted to catch the, the kind of spacious uh, feeling of the opening shot of, of the ISS and, and still give it the kind of, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but yeah. a kind of grand, grand feeling, but still not happy-go-lucky. How, yeah, how, yeah, sure. I mean, how did you guys yeah. um, spot the film in general when you're going through? How much was early on pre-production script phases versus later on once the film was farther into production? How, how did you guys figure out where you wanted music to land? I mean, Daniel was <laughs> Daniel. Was, the funny thing is that Daniel said directly when he sent sent the script over to me before they sh even started shooting. It's like you read the script. Let's start talking about ideas and. Uh, what kind of instrumentation we really want and, and you know, let's start talking about it. And then I read the script and then, but in the, but when he sent me, emailed me the script, he, he wrote in the email, it's like, just so you know, it's going to be a lot of music in this one. <laughs> it's probably going to be wall to wall, which is all me, or almost is. Uh, Why do you think he had that approach for this film? Is it just the type of uh, tone he wanted to hold? Yeah, I think it's the tone he really wanted. I really think he wanted to do, like, he wanted to do a ride, you know? That yeah. it's almost, the movie, I mean, it is really a ride. You go in and you sit and you, yeah, you get a ride. It's really <laughs> what it is. And, and uh, I think that was from the get-go to actually start with that. And also to start exploring and this kind of, grand beautiful space kind of thing and then as the movie turns i mean the alien they pick up is it's fantastic it's a fantastic uh, they explore something remarkable here and to actually point that out and then afterwards as the alien turns bad we actually turn in that direction with the music also mm -hmm. that, that it becomes more dissonant and more more bassy and yeah you know more more horrifying you know yeah where did you guys uh, record your orchestra we recorded at lindhurst in in uh, in london mm -hmm. and uh, i had a fantastic orchestrator and conductor nicholas dodd who i love to work with and uh, no and for me also this is the first time i recorded an orchestra this big and the first time i recorded at lindhurst and that was for me a, a dream come true i mean that's the big hall in, in, in uh, at air is just sounding phenomenal, and, and especially for like when you want a big spacious score. I mean, it just sounded like the dry recordings almost sounded amazing from the get go. You know, it's yeah. it's yeah, 
So really uh, fantastic. So how many days did you spend with uh, on the stage there? Uh, we had with the full orchestra. We had six days, and then we had the choirs for one day, and we had percussions for one day mm. also. Well, how how are you handling choir then? Yeah, we, I mean that was also a, a choice that we <laughs> made quite early because we started talking about what I mean, what things are space and 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 the whole thing. I mean, both Daniel and I are big movie nerds. Uh, so it's a lot about, a little bit, if you listen to the score, I mean, we wanted to pay a little bit of homage to the whole Space Odyssey 2001 kind of cluster choirs, uh, uh, kind of screaming choir, kind of like these textual, uh, atonal things, but still, and, and come through with the beautiful stuff through that also. So I think, I mean... Yeah, so that that was the main part to with the choirs, not to be words or anything like that, just like backing up the orchestra with atonal stuff and kind of shouts and and and, and so on. Mm. How how would you describe your writing process? Where, where do you begin uh, figuring out a lot of your early melodies or themes that you want to use for the film? Yeah, but. Uh... For this one, I really started off like with the sound palette, actually, what kind of sounds we wanted. And I really started out, you know, just actually writing textures more than themes, uh, just to get the feeling. And then after that, I started to get into themes. I presented for Daniel kind of like, I'm thinking these kind of text, atonal textures, the strings with the choirs and, and synths in the background and... and and then, then after that, I started writing the, I mean, it's, it's not a movie really filled with like grandiose themes. I mean, it's kind of small and kind of simple ones. Uh, and, uh, and we wanted to keep it that way also, not to be too painting with the melodic stuff, you know, to try to keep it, yeah, almost like kind of like a kid would play uh-huh. And it's something that happens in a lot of these thriller movies is the use and horror films is the use of silence and you're putting the audience in the perspective of a character sometimes when it's it feels like you're taking that first person perspective and you hear the space around you so even with you know saying that there was a lot of music what was your sense of you know the need to drop out and let it breathe and let people kind of just deal with the silence of of the environment i mean i think that gradually like as as the editing moves along it becomes much more clearer when you actually want to, the stuff to breathe and and like okay now it's now it's time to tuck in the music in the in the effects and everything and i think i think that's a, like a at least for daniel and me i think that's an ongoing process during the whole editing actually uh to see where to take it out and to try also where it could be in and you know so we i i think it just was up until the bitter end i mean they've they really did like a lot of re-edits of reel one and two uh yeah. really close to the um to the recordings which made my work a little bit harder but yeah yeah but still it was doable uh but i think uh no, I think it, that was really a process that was just going on during the whole time to try stuff out. It's like, should we just leave this scene silent? And should we, where should we come in? Where's the in and out points? And I, I always think 
at least for me, that's I, it's that's the hard part. Yeah. In and out points, you know, it's right. it's always you try stuff, you move stuff, and it's like, yeah, should this start fifteen seconds later? Maybe it gives you a bigger feeling. So it's a because you learn so much during that. I think also. Hmm. What can you say about working on a film with was a with a much bigger budget? I mean, this one was substantially larger than I think than what both you and Daniel had done in the past. So, what, what does that allow? What is that? What are some of the challenges of of working on a feature film? What, what is it like for you just now being in having this opportunity? I mean, for me, yeah, it's a dream come true to to be able to actually have a full orchestra for yeah for six days and, and like a hundred players I mean that's that's that was really really a dream come true but it's of course it's stressful also also because you're you're thinking it's <laughs> am I gonna am I gonna be able to pull this off yeah uh, I mean that that's that's what you question yourself almost all the time I think uh, but but in the meantime you really don't you can't think about it all the time either you really have to get the job done and it's also you know it's I think for both and Daniel and me I think in that case we're really we're really the same it's like uh, we really don't back down we're we're open for new challenges and and and, uh, I mean yeah just to try it you know let's now we're here let's go and don't really look back. <laughs> very, very much like the film. I mean, did you have much interaction with the uh, the sound team or the editors? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, as much as I could. Mm-hmm. The thing is that I mean, it was so much music to be written. But I mean, it was Per uh, Holberg, uh, which yeah, Swede also, which mm-hmm. also made it so much easier. And I, the funny thing is, you know, I. I when I finished film school and was a sound started off as a sound designer, my biggest dream was to come to Hollywood and work with Per Holberg. Oh, nice! So yeah, so that was also and and that guy is so sweet and he's a yeah no he's a genius and it's and we had a lot of like on the pre dubs and stuff like that we had a lot of discussion regarding yeah what frequency range we should end up in what mm. frequency range the music should end up in and. And I think in my writing process, I really try to hear the musical effects because I come from that background. So I know So here maybe it's probably time for me to take a step back and let the effects do their work because sometimes you know sound effects can be so much more efficient actually than music in some ways. Uh, so... Uh, no, I think that was, uh, and I mean, we, we kept contact during the whole time, and 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 also on the uh, on the final dub, uh, we had uh, Ron Bartless as the oh, musical yeah. and the dialogue mixer. I mean, it, hands down, uh, yeah, also a dream come true to be able to work with a genius like that. I mean, he's the stuff that he did and how he got the music to work with the dialogue against the effects, still be loud, but you still heard the dialogue. I mean, incredible, incredible work. I, I think, yeah. No, he he really treated the music in, I mean, in an amazing way, I think. <laughs> How did your perspective change uh, throughout the process? As I mean, now that the film has been done for a while and you've had a chance to see it maybe a few weeks after, I mean, how long ago did you guys finish, actually? 
I mean, we didn't finish that many. We finished uh, two weeks ago. No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, even I mean, two weeks is like I don't know if you even have perspective. It's still probably very fresh in your mind. But yeah. you know what? As the film gets out, you know, what do you find happens with your perspective of your work and how your music is interpreted? Um, no, but you, you you're gradually starting to uh, appreciate the music again because actually, when you're on the dub stage or when you're recording, it's this fantastic feeling of hearing it played by real musicians. But then you go to into the mixing of the the score mixing, and then you're like, yeah, but now we're back here, and I'm just listening to the same tracks again. And of course, it's it's uh, Jason LaRocca, my, my score mixer, he was a fantastic and talented guy. And, and we have a really, like, <laughs> yeah, he, he's also uh, the score producer and he comes up with so much fun stuff that we do during the mixing. But I think always in the end of the process, you're so fed up with your own music. It really is. Uh, so it's good to have somebody like Jason come in with like fresh ears and like, dude, wouldn't it be fantastic <laughs> if we took this and just put it through this distortion and made it more fatter? And then you're like, yeah, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> this is great. Let's fuck it up more. And uh, <clears throat> no, so I think it's so intense while you're sitting working with it. So I'm actually having a hard time listening to it. Yeah, uh, right now at least. Yeah, it's kind of, you can actually, you, you, I think it's, you can really, yeah, you can hear if you made a good or a bad job, but more than that, no, I wouldn't say. And I, I'm, I'm really happy how the end result is, but I think it has to be at least six months or something like that before I can actually say that, oh, I really like this. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, at least I could have done better. Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Are there any specific tracks uh, in the film that really stand out that people should keep an eye out for? I mean, I think for me, it's uh, there's a couple of them. I, I mean, I really love uh, the the track "It's Alive" because mm-hmm. I think it has this super minimalistic kind of woodwind dissonant, super simple kind of just. I just for me it just works still I'm, and I still love that track I can that's a track that I really can listen to uh, still and not hate <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not, and, yeah and uh, and Godspeed doctor I think mm. is is is, yeah. is also definitely one of my favorites and where are you uh, is is also something that I really like the minimalistic approach to that one and, and I especially like the kind of where the percussive stuff comes in the end together with the brasses. I wished we had more shots of the chase there because mm. I could easily continue with that for myself two, two more minutes. You know, that kind of brass percussion machine that just starts there. One of the tracks that I really enjoyed also was the one uh, Good Night Earth, which is towards probably the last reel maybe or so of the film. Okay. And- yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's it's well, it kind of. I don't know if it harkens back to the kind of the opening, the, that kind of yeah. theme. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, it, it's a it's a powerful kind of pivotal moment in the film where I feel like you know they've given up in a way on all their yeah. options, and it's kind of like shoot, now what? Yeah, and it's it's actually as you said. I mean, it's actually coming from the beginning. I mean, it's it's the kind of theme that's going to connect Jordan and North. 
Mm. Uh, so Jake Gyllenhaal's character and mm. uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who's also Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> the theme here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the that's the theme for for uh, the whole <laughs> whole movie. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's Swedish. Yeah, Swedish. Yeah, no. There's been a lot of incredible science fiction films that have come out in the very recently with Arrival and Gravity and now Life adding to it. Yeah. And I think you guys did a really nice job of offering another angle to the science fiction genre. I mean, for you, did you have any inspirations besides um, 2001? I mean, for you, of, of things that you wanted to kind of keep in your mind or kind of like a mood template? Yeah, but I I think 2001 was what I have to say. I think that, and, and also, I'm a huge, but then again, who aren't? But uh, Vangelis, I'm a huge Blade Runner, and and actually, that Blade Runner, I think it's the score that really got me into wanted to write film scores. Actually, mm, okay. I mean, and uh, so I think that was, and also, uh, you know. We talked also about a lot about the first Alien, uh, the score to that one, uh, the kind of uh, Conlenio Bartok things. Maybe not to go as wild with the kind of 80s pitch delays on them, but but to use <laughs> yeah. those because it's yeah, it's such a for me it's a really such a nice element to to horror movies, especially space. And I, I think he really so so it's really for us it was like paying a homage to mm-hmm. to to those in many ways. What is some of the other projects that you guys are going to be working on in, into the rest of this year? I mean, I'm going to go home and do uh, to Sweden, and I'm going to do uh, finish up a Swedish, like a really small independent film, uh, which is a really interesting project. Uh, but it's not that much music, so I've already written almost all the music, so I'm just going to finish it up. Okay. Uh, and after that, I'm going to do. A, TV series in Sweden also during the summer called Alex. And then I'm just going to wait and see what happens with this. I mean, uh, when this now comes out, and hopefully there's a little bit of buzz. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and hopefully Daniel gets a new project pretty soon so we can work again, again together. And But I think he has a couple of offerings of different projects. Uh, that I think is a little bit early to talk about right now, but we, we're not going to stop working with each other. We, that we kind of decided we, we, we're going to continue this because we're having such a good time doing it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I guess for people who want to find out more about you and your work, I guess you have your website, uh, johnxtrand.com. Where else can people keep track of what you're up to? I mean, yeah, I, I, that's probably it. <laughs> are, you, are you on social media and Facebook? Okay. Yeah, I'm on Facebook and uh, I'm on Instagram. It's not my real name on Instagram, but I, I, I go under the name Johnny Mendoza because I used <laughs> to do like electronic music under that name. So I kind of kept that for my Instagram profile. Nice. But, <clears throat> so they can follow me there also. There's a lot of synth nerd shots usually there. It's, <laughs> it's usually only. I mean, the thing about people taking photos of their gear, for people who buy gear and are musicians and composers and sound designers, we can never get enough of looking at what other people's setups are and kind no. of nerd out about it. So, it's the, what, yeah, yeah, it's it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> Our wives usually don't like it when you're sitting and looking at other people's studios because then they know <laughs> it's like, okay, you're gonna more buy more stuff now. <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta move into a bigger place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, John, thank you so much. It's a 
pleasure to have a chance to connect with you. And for folks who are interested, they should definitely check out the film Life. It's yeah. now in theaters, and I imagine it's going to continue to be released around the world. But it's congratulations again. It's exciting to catch you. I feel oh, like you, you so much. Had, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've had an incredible career already, but I feel like we're, I'm just catching you at the very beginning of a string of hopefully a lot more uh, yeah, creative we'll, projects. We'll see what happens. I mean, I always said, like, I'm so happy where I am right now. So if this is just the end, I'm good with that, you know? Oh, no, don't say that. No, <laughs> no, no, but, but it's it's really no. And then thank you so much for letting me <laughs> or wanted to interview me. I, I think yeah. it's an honor that you guys contacted me. Thank you, John. Well, yeah, and keep up the good work on your website. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, yeah, it's really good. Check check out Soundworks Collection. Check out John's website, and uh, we'll all keep doing what we've been doing, and uh, hopefully, yeah, people Ho- will enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Ho- hopefully, the masses who will enjoy it. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks again and tuning in to my chat with composer John Ekstrand about his work on the film Life. You can hear more conversations with sound designers, composers, and directors on the Soundworks Collection podcast on iTunes and streaming online at soundworkscollection.com.